Tom, this is Rolf from Ranked Hoops from episode 32, making our way from the pitch to the hardwood. I wanted to thank you for featuring me and letting me ramble on about the game mode I love and the community surrounding it. I should have warned you in advance that I can discuss Dunkhouse battle tactics until Rocket League 2's release. I like your podcast because it discovers and highlights those happy little sections of this gigantic game that stand as beacons of positivity. Keep it up. Hey, Tom, we just wanted to say thanks for all of the content and insight that you and your guests were able to provide to the Rocket League community. Um, it, it's definitely made us think of Rocket League in a broader sense, but it nevertheless has increased our love for this awesome game and what it has to offer for all of us. So thank you. Hi, Tom. Thanks for everything you've done for my Rocket League experience. Uh, I was sad to see the end of your show, but I guess at some point all things must come to an end. I always look forward to watching, uh, or I guess listening to your show on Wednesdays during my workday, and it always brought a smile to my face. Um, then being able to discuss about it on your Discord and move on to w- eventually be a cast member or a guest was fantastic. Uh, I really hope things are going well for you right now, and wanted to say thank you. Cheers. Hey Tom, this is Code Red. Um, just wanted to say thank you for the podcast and um, all the episodes you've rolled out. It's really helped me with uh, not only just Rocket League and being more intentional about how I train, but has also helped me in just some other sports things. Um, you're really talented at this, and it's, it's going to be kind of sad to see you go, but I wish you luck on whatever's next for you, dude. Um, it's been a lot of fun just listening along. And yeah, thank you. I wanted to thank Tom for the real space he created within the community. Um, It's hard to find a place where people talk about Rocket League in a way that fundamentally shows how much love and commitment uh, serious players give to the game. Um, and how they approach it from their own mindset. Hey Tom, I just want to say thanks for all the hard work you put in to bringing us the Infinite Boost podcast. You great guests, you had a really good rapport with everybody, you drew really interesting answers from everyone, but most of all, your sense of humor is absolutely perfect. You're, what we say in Ireland, a gas man. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's a shame that it had to come to an end, but um, I'm just so happy that it existed. It was really fun tuning in every week, and uh, I wish you all the best uh, for the future. Uh, from Googly Woogly Woo. Hey Tom, this is your boy Hunty, and I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've done for Rocket League and for the community. I really enjoyed listening to all your podcast episodes and interviews, and it really gave me a better understanding of the game. And so I thank you for that. Hey, Tom. Long-time listener, first-time caller here. This is Pon. Been active in your Discord and listening for a while now. Was sorry to hear that you uh, left the uh, Rocket League podcasting scene, but wanted you to know that your impact has been uh, felt and continues to be felt, at least from this end out here in Colorado. Love listening to your program and listening to your interviews and getting feedback on how to uh, maybe... Uh, get refunds for controllers at Best Buy um, and other little uh, tips and tricks from some of the experts you interviewed. Anyway, uh, Tom, thanks so much for uh, all you've done for the community. Take care. Hello, Tom. Flash aka Lazira here, and I'd just like to thank you for what you've done for this community. 
You've always been a beacon of hard work, dedication, and a commitment to improvement, and I'm very glad to, you know, have been on your show and have you challenge me and ask me very difficult questions. Uh, I hope that whatever endeavors you pursue in life, uh, whatever new challenges that you kind of decide to take on, I hope that your great personality and your work ethic uh, will lead people to kind of seeing you the same way that the Rock League community sees you. And that is as, you know, simply uh, the best. Uh, So with that, I'd just like to say thank you. So, uh, hello to a very special episode. Um, this is, uh, I guess, I kind of, I kind of threw it on you here last minute. But my guest for this episode is none other than Tom. Hello, hello there. Uh, how it goes, it Tom? It's good. It's, things things are good. How are things for you? For me, I well, actually, this this might be a first uh, for anyone listening to this, but uh, I actually just got a. Uh, teacher supply job so i'm I'm pretty happy about that obviously it's not going to start till like september but uh it's it's better than not having work in the future so <laughs> teachers teacher supply job yeah teacher supply job that's that's the official uh a, a supply teacher yeah yeah that's uh you, you get on a list and then they call you when teachers are sick and stuff um so i'm, I'm very happy about that <laughs> oh okay i thought you said teacher supply is that teacher. Or did you say teachers apply? Ooh, no, I said teacher supply, like supply teacher. Like, okay, <laughs> assistant teacher, replacement teacher. What? <laughs> yeah, okay. We don't we don't call it that in America. I've oh, never I've never heard that. It? Like a substitute teacher. Oh, I yeah, we definitely use that as well. Okay, uh, is so that the same thing? It's interchangeable here. Okay. So <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never heard teacher supply list. So I I had no idea what you were talking about. I thought you meant like <laughs> you were going to work at a school and help teachers. Like you were a sub- keeper of supplies for the entire school. You know what? The keeper of supplies sounds like a really important job. So maybe, maybe that's, <laughs> I'll cross my fingers for you. Um, but no, I, I'm actually, yeah. So I'm actually in a very good place. I'm actually, uh, excellent. Thanks for asking Tom. Hey, uh, that's, that's what I'm here for. Um, so yeah, uh, joining us today, none other than Tom, uh, who I, I guess I guess I just I had I had questions to ask him, and Tom like didn't even ask like what the questions were going to be. He's just like, sure, ask me questions, um, which I thought was amusing. Uh, well, so, I'm, I'm always open to answering questions, and when I mean to prep myself mentally for this conversation, whatever it is, I I've been I can be a bit wordy. Um, mm-hmm. and I've been prepping myself to not go to, or try not to go too deep with these things, but I'm always, I'm always open to, uh, uh, reflect and answer questions on, you know, whatever, whatever you might have for me. I'm always, I'm always game to play ball. This is the part of the show where I tell them we're going to go into, uh, uh, you know, some philosophy, some, no, I'm <laughs> kidding. Uh, we're going to, we're going to stick to, uh, content creation and rock league. That's kind of where I was hoping, uh, this show would go. Um, so I guess the first thing that I want to ask and, um, what was your, I mean, I guess, I guess the title kind of, kind of gives, gives us away, but I'd like to go, 
you to go a little more in depth. What was your original inspiration behind the uh, Chasing Grand Champ and later Infinite Boost podcast? What was the what was the motivation for the title? For no, for the show itself. Oh, the show itself. Um, yes. I mean, the motivation really was uh, I enjoyed podcasting. I enjoyed, you know, having conversations. And what I told myself originally was, you know, I I was very focused on getting better at the game of Rocket League, and I wanted to be doing some kind of content creation at the same time. So it was a very uh, selfish way for me to um, create content in a way and then also be able to still focus on getting better at the game because the content was purely about getting better at the game. So that's mm -hmm. that's really um, the what created the concept. Uh, and I, I bounce, I, 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 I don't want to use the word struggle, but I took a long time to figure out exactly what I wanted to do because uh, I had done a podcast before on Rocket League and my co-host has since uh, kind of, we did, you know, like the standard this is coming to Rocket League. This is what's yeah, happening. Yeah, the pro scene, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. The cookie cutter uh, exactly. podcast. Exactly. And yeah, now there's like four or five of apparently right. in the scene. So. <laughs> and I didn't want to do that because there were already so many people doing that. And then on top of that, I just didn't think that I would enjoy it as much without Matt. Um, so mm -hmm. I, I just completely nixed doing something like that. And. I mean, if we're being completely honest, I just didn't feel like I would be able to find somebody that I'd enjoy. Um, mm -hmm. There was nobody that I knew personally um, at the time that I was starting it that I was like, I want to talk about Rocket League with this person every week. And I wasn't about to just put like a tweet out on Twitter or, you know, something on Reddit and cross my fingers that um, I found somebody or you know i didn't want to end up with some goofball um that like i just Listen, didn't enjoy <laughs> i i i feel like that's something that i can uh definitely sympathize with. i think the only person that i ever like met online in a podcast and then continued to podcast with was uh, a friend i made nikita um and that was uh because we did it like an inter so I, I don't remember if I told you this, but an artifact, I, I, I did a bunch of interviews. So that, that card game that was like way, way before um, I was doing this like interviews thing. And so I interviewed this one guy and then I really enjoyed it. And then he stayed on. So that was it kind of worked out naturally that way. But I totally get what you mean when it comes to uh, like. I, I would not do a weekly show with people that I don't feel comfortable with. Yeah. Yeah. I, and so I just, I didn't have anybody like that. And so I was like, well, the only way that I know that I can control that is to just not have anybody at all. And the mm -hmm. only way then that you talk to people is do something interview style. And I, I mean, I just, it, as soon as I thought of that, I was like, Oh, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, and so we were off to the races. I wasn't super pumped about the name Chasing Grand Champ from the very beginning. That's uh, the change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, I needed something. And so it was there until it wasn't. 
Okay. Uh, so I'd like to kind of take this moment to ask you then for someone that's kind of looking at doing a podcast and specifically one that involves interviews with guests, right? Uh, what is some advice you can give them about t- uh, getting guests on the show, scheduling and those kind of things? What would people expect if they want to do that interview style uh, podcast and whatever, you know, whatever type they may choose to do? I mean, the real, the real job is finding people. And it, mm. I mean, it, it depends on what kind of show you want to do, like, and who you want to have as guests. I mean, that, you know, I, I don't mean to like, I'm, I'm not blowing off the question and it's just mm-hmm. extremely broad. Like in the Rocket League community, I feel like it would be very easy for me to find people to talk to. Like I could go to my discord and 10 people would be like, yeah, I'd love to be a guest on the show. Um, and it would, that would be easy enough. If you want to get like people with, uh, some kind of like reach or, you know, following already, I feel like, uh, that, I mean, that's just, it's just more difficult. Like you're going to get a lot of non answers. You're going to get a lot of people not interested. You're going to get a lot of people that just say no, or they're too busy. Uh, so it really depends on exactly what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. If that, I, um, it just, but, I, I think people, people who do interview type shows should expect that there's going to be a lot of hustling per se, right? A lot of, a lot uh, of time put into finding people. Yeah. And I think the thing of it is, and I don't, honestly, I don't think that this helped me as much as I thought it would is that, you know, having all the RLCS casters, all the RLRS casters. And, you know, I certainly had my bouts of like uh, lack of interest and like really gung ho about it. So I didn't promote some episodes as well as I could. Like the Verge episode, I put like no effort into like getting mm-hmm. it out there. Um, you know, I I got shocked to be on the show. And then before RLCS started, which was great. And I'm, I'm thrilled that he was willing to do it. And I'm grateful, like, don't get me wrong. And then he turned into the RLCS MVP. Like <laughs> if I had shock on at the end of the season you know, maybe that could have gotten a little bit more traction. I don't know. But in anything where you are relying on other people, like doing an interview podcast sounds fun and doing the actual podcast is not the work. Finding the people uh, and like booking them and scheduling, that is where the work comes in, especially when you're doing it from week like every week so Mm -hmm. it's just a it's just a grind and you know be okay when uh the hot shots don't even answer you like they have no reason to answer you you do not deserve their time just because their dms are open so don't expect that they're gonna answer you and Mm -hmm. just because they don't answer you when you first start a show like six months from now, if it's getting some traction, you know, there's there's certainly potential that somewhere down the line, they would be willing to be 
on the show. Mm-hmm. And also, don't go after people just for the sake <laughs> of trying to like don't go after gatekeepers just to use them to get to other people. That's just mean. And I I wouldn't feel good about doing that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I think that's some solid advice. Yeah. I think anything that's interview related definitely has its own set of uh, difficulties that are unique. Um, I don't know if, if you, if I ever told you this story, um, but I had, uh, when I was hosting an interview, I was hosting someone who like won this big tournament, uh, this card game tournament, but he was in Thailand. All right. And he was like, yes, yeah, sure. I'll do an interview, whatever. And then like last minute, he's like, you know what? Like, I don't really know English that well. So like, I'm going to have to cancel. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I never ran into that issue. I, well, yeah. I mean, imagine <laughs> if you went around to, I guess like, uh, Maybe if we had like larger scenes that were less English speakers, right? I think I think that would be something that might you might have to run into. Um, all right, <clears throat> we're gonna switch our, our gears a little bit here, and uh, let's let's take let's talk about Rocket League. Let's talk a little bit about the game. Um, as someone who's kind of spent a lot of time learning, uh, kind of improving, playing the game, what would you recommend to new players, people that just are getting into the game now? Like what was the first couple of things or things you want to tell them so they know before, before they step in that this game is frustrating. <laughs> I mean, like it, it's, it, it just takes, it just takes time. Like, and it, mm-hmm. it takes genuine focus to get better. And it's just like anything, like the more time that you put in, the more uh, focused effort that you put in, like you will get out. And I don't, I don't, everybody's different, right? So everybody is going to get to a certain place more naturally than others. Like I have hit a very hard plateau at champ one where other people will get to champ three without even thinking about it. Uh, If you're just starting the game, spending time in free play, like tons and tons of free play to just understand how the car works, understand how the ball bounces around. Like the, the concepts in Rocket League are very, very basic. And the more that you understand them, the better you will be. So just put on some music or put a movie on in the background and just drive around and learn because the more time you spend with it, the more you will understand it. And kind of bouncing off of that uh, question. um, If you kind of, you know, if you had a time machine, you were able to go back to 2015 um, and you're, and you knew what you knew now when it comes to rocket league, uh, how would you learn or, or kind of get better at the game differently? <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't spend so much time mindlessly grinding games, I think. Mm. Expecting myself to get better. Like, I, I think even over the past couple of months, I've realized some of the mistakes that I make um, more than even like when I was doing the podcast. like. I 
I am, I'm very analytical and I, at the same time, I do not do a good job of paying attention to details. And I don't mm. think that I really honed in on the issues that I had with my game. And so I wasn't doing anything to fix them. Hmm. Um, and so, okay. And now taking this question just away from Rockley for a second, if you're take that same time machine, you're like, all right, let's, let's not look at uh game improvement specifically. Let's look at content creation. Is, are there things you would have done differently with my content creation? Yes. Like, well, I, or, I think or... I would have, uh, uh, that's, <laughs> um, gosh, I mean, like, do you, I don't know if you would include this, but Just in, do it. in 2015, and I, I, I think we might've talked a little bit about mm-hmm. this when you were on infinite boost. When I, when I, when I first started the podcast, there was maybe like one and a half other podcasts, but we got in really early with like the pro scene and cloud fuel and rocket league central and all those guys and Hillman and I, my former co-host, we casted a couple of the very first, uh, ESL tournaments, like the $75 Sunday tournaments. Like we, we were in on those. Um, and I could have, I, I could have had any opportunity that I wanted. And I was selling real estate at the time. So I was working from home. Like I had all the time in the world to cast tournaments. Uh, and I mean, I would say that I was not in the best place, uh, mentally at that time, uh, or emotionally. So I, I des- I wasn't necessarily looking at things as good as I could have, but I would say that like, you know, on Sunday when all the tournaments were, I was like, oh, well, I don't want to do this because I want to have Sundays to myself. Mm-hmm. So I, I threw a lot of really good opportunities out the window be, for really silly reasons. Um, and had I, you know, followed through with those and worked on, you know, casting games and making other Rocket League content and doing like I don't mean to like toot my own horn or pat myself on the back, but I know that I would have at least been in consideration for RLCS. So mm-hmm. things would look a lot different had I followed through on the opportunities that I had with all of that. Like we had, you know, Gibbs on a show, we had Cloud Fuel, we had Team Rocket, which was Cole and Doomsy, like Kronovi was on an episode, Sad Jr., like all of those guys that were like real people were coming onto our podcast because like we were an integral part of the scene. Then there was no sunless con. There was no musty. There was no flump. There was like, you know, a couple smaller content creators. Jazer was making videos. Squishy didn't even exist. Like we were rocket league content at that time. Um, So I really, and I I knew that rocket league was going to be, something and i just kind of threw it away um and you know you live and you learn so i I, there's certainly a lot that i could change if i you know if i could give it another shot 
I mean, of course, I think everybody kind of looks back and they're like, there's stuff we could have done differently. Well, yeah. Um, I also find it very fascinating the way esports scenes kind of pop up. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, there's like this period of six months per se around the beginning where um, a lot of people who uh, start content creation at that time have a chance to kind of um, grow. Uh, mm-hmm. a lot a lot faster per se than maybe a more established scene sure um, but i think it's always it's all also a double-edged sword um in some ways being an early content creator because you don't know if the game you're playing has longevity you know what i mean sure i think uh, that most games like especially these days esports is such a unique world because there like there are a lot of games and at the same time each game builds a community around it you know like mm. rocket league isn't exploding it's not getting you know 10 or 50% more viewership for each RLCS and if there are 100 to 150,000 people watching every single time we have an RLCS LAN that's still like a good market to play for. Like that's still a lot of money if people are that invested in the game. Um, And at the same time for rocket league to be able to build the community that it's built from in, from basically zero, you know, like it came out of nowhere and Mm. tell me another game that has come out of nowhere to build the kind of following and uh you know attraction and community that rocket league has like except for league of legends like a decade ago or dota when that game you know didn't even exist but well well it did it did come from another game though right (laughs) Warcraft three um it, it's like true yeah so it already had a built-in community you're you're yeah, totally yeah. right you're 100 percent right so you know even that comparison isn't necessarily completely correct but in terms of like building an esports scene mm-hmm. it you know but that was kind of before esports existed but like you know with riot and dota has valve is it valve that yeah, makes yeah. that yeah. yes yes like huge companies psionics is this dinky little studio <laughs> that you know made a sequel to a game just because the playstation 3 barely existed and look at what it turned into you know when uh overwatch comes out blizzard has millions and millions of dollars that they can throw behind a game to not necessarily falsely create because obviously it's a popular <laughs> game and people care about it, but I, mm-hmm. they threw so much money behind it to market it and make it seem like something so much bigger than maybe it actually was. And of course, Overwatch and Blizzard also had this huge built-in player community that they can throw this game at. And look at Valorant is a, another great example. Like Valorant mm-hmm. will turn into an esport. I mean, it's a good game. I don't know if you've played Valorant, but I've played Valorant and I enjoy it. Uh, I'm awful at it and it's frustrating. (laughs) But like 
it will get coverage. It will get play. Like they've already done a Twitch Rivals for it uh, because, you know, it's a riot game. It is going to be a big deal. And Psyonix doesn't get that. Yeah, yeah, no, 100%. Because if you, if you look at that game specifically, you're going to get a lot of people uh, coming from Overwatch, but more, spe- m- more, I feel, almost to that game specifically, uh, CSGO, right? Like oh, the yeah. community is going to be built of people that... I, I was I was joking with my friend uh, or laughing with my friend the other day that a bunch of B-team CSGO players are just going to go to Valorant and be superstars, right? Well, all <laughs> kinds of... I mean... Uh, what's his, the Sinatra, the MVP from last season of Overwatch is leaving Overwatch to play Valorant. There's another guy that I, I've been, I mean, I've been watching a Valorant streamer every day. Uh, his name is Hiko. I don't know if you're familiar with the scene at all or have been paying attention to it. Um, but when Valorant, the beta launched, Hiko played with Tim the Tatman and then Tim the Tatman stopped playing Valorant and I just started watching Hiko because I find Valorant so interesting for whatever reason. And now he's averaging 16 to 17,000 viewers. And CSGO, he was averaging 500 or 600 viewers. Like that is the kind of electricity that Valorant has created over the past couple of months. And... Rocket League numbers are growing. You know, Johnny Boy just produced, like, self-produced a tournament and averaged 20,000 viewers five days a week. Like, Rocket League doesn't even do... Psionics does not even do a a five-day-a-week tournament or league. And he got 20,000 viewers every single day. And it was some of the best... Rocket League that I've seen in a long time. But still, like, this guy, this one singular guy just playing, like, unrated matches against, you know, sometimes goofballs is getting 15,000 viewers for this game, this first-person shooter, where Rocket League, you know, the best of the best, getting 2,000 viewers. Uh, So it's just, I mean, and all that to say, at the end of the day, like, if... I I will be very interested once Valorant has, I mean, and this is another show of just like how important first person shooters are as a whole, like Valorant, this Hiko guy got signed by a hundred thieves to build a Valorant team. Like if hundred thieves is going in, they didn't even get a COD team. Like they didn't even (laughs) get a call of duty team. I mean, in call of duty wanted like 20 million for a franchise spot, which is just, utterly ridiculous but that's a whole other conversation but like they see the value in in the game um like and that's that's always that big question right is is the initial value placed on the game is it like a fad or is it gonna go away right um and i think esports is different from like a game success because if you, if you think about it like whether you like it or not fortnite is the most popular and successful game of all time like maybe maybe as of right, right now yeah yeah as of right now right but you're, you're seeing that i feel it's like a two three year dip that that all these games kind of go through right um and so valorant the question is like this is this is the biggest game uh right now is it going to be the same thing in two and a half years right or is there going to be some new game that kind of replaces it uh and so the cycle continues kind of like with overwatch where it was like the biggest thing year year and a half maybe two years and then 
you know, now it's, I mean, it's by no means is the viewership poor, but for the amount of money that is put into it, it is poor, if that makes sense. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. Especially with something like Overwatch, the money that is getting put into Overwatch. And here's the other thing is that they signed that deal with YouTube. So all the Overwatch League is on YouTube, I think. So I haven't watched one second of the Overwatch League because I never know that it's on because it's not on Twitch. So like on Twitch, Overwatch is way down the line because I just don't I think the season's already over. I don't like I have zero well, idea of what's going on with the Overwatch League. Let's not get into the the weirdest season system I think that's ever existed. Like I think it's actually the worst format I've ever seen in with the stages and everything. Yeah, it's just listen, you got to simplify it. Yeah, There's complexity I, for intrigue, but this is just complexity for complexity's sake and it's just ridiculous. I think it's good to try different things, but it is rather confusing and i mean five stages and then one bigger final like why would i care about the stages there's a bigger final at the end you know what i mean maybe you could make that argument for every sport ever like you know i don't watch the nba but when the playoffs come around i i take some time to watch some games well and then i mean that's the difference between that and how a lot of european uh soccer leagues shall we say well they're where they just have the league right like that is their that is the tournament there's no like playoff structure right. so that kind of differentiates it i think with i think i think my point is is that that because it just felt like they had a lot of artificial stops that were worth money but it just meant that you'd be less interested in the next one if that makes sense yeah yeah i did like um, that they did a longer season though mm-hmm. uh but they also had a ton of teams like yeah. I can, I can only watch NRG play G2 so many times. Like it would, <laughs> it would probably be enjoyable, but when you only have 10 teams, like how many times and only five of them are actually really good. You know, how many, how many times do you really need to see flight get stomped by, <laughs> by G2 or well, any I, of the they, teams? They only- you know? play each other once right during this regular season is that once or once or twice i can't remember Uh, regardless i think i think you do have a fair point i wouldn't want the league to be so long like that would just i think there's six month system there's something to it um i do think rock league more than anything is one of those esports that lands really do help um i think there is there's something i mean we're talking about it in this climate now where you know we don't know when the next land is going to be yeah, uh, for obvious reasons, right? Uh, so kind of going all the way back to where the conversation started, mm-hmm. uh, I will say that there, as games continue to come out, there will be communities that build around all of these different games. Uh, and even if, you know, Rocket League is never a top 10 game on Twitch, there's always going to be the 100,000 people that tune in to watch the LAN. And there's always going to be the people that are going to buy rocket passes and buy Mm -hmm. items and things. That game is going to continue to make money. So even if it's not making $2 billion a year like Fortnite, it's still worth having around. 
Like there's <laughs> even even though and I I'm just using this as a comparison. I'm not trying to belittle anything. But I mean Rocket League is like the WNBA of esports. Like there are people that watch the games, there are people that go to the games and it's good that it exists because, you know, people deserve the right to play like women deserve the right to play the game at a high level and people want to watch that because there are young girls and college girls and people that want to aspire to those things and rocket league the rlcs is the exact same thing like there may not be as many people that are interested but there are people that are interested and willing to spend money on it so it might as well exist and as long as it's making money somebody's going to be happy you know what? That's so interesting that you made that comparison because uh, when I was when you started talking about this this idea of like oh it's not the biggest one right it it to me immediately the thing I thought of was StarCraft two where the I think the juxtaposition or the reason that I am very much uh, uh, maybe have a different mindset than a lot of Rocket League people might have um, but if you take a look at StarCraft it started out as the game you know what i mean starcraft 2 like 2010 2011 yeah. even 2012 shall we say it was it was number one on twitch there was no rival right um right. and you know league of legends went up and then you know <laughs> 10 years later here we are uh but it the craziest thing though is that it has a viewership of about fifty thousand people fifty thousand people to maybe a hundred thousand that GSL's on GSL is getting a hundred thousand views on YouTube. Um, and it's just it's been the same thing for 10 years, you know what I mean? The people I actually got back into the game and I'm watching this stuff, and I'm like, it's so interesting because that game at times, maybe if you're if you're if you're new to the game, it might be tough to be like, okay, this game's kind of stale, right? In the sense that like the people that have been playing it forever are still playing it. Um but with Rocket League, at least I don't know about player base because maybe player base wise it has gone down a little bit. Um, but viewership wise, it has kind of steadily increased, like the average amount of viewers per season, right? Which I would is still, say so. Yeah. So even though that it's a small growth, I, I feel, I feel just the idea of oh, okay, the game even if it's a little bit, the game's kind of growing. That's nice to see, uh, as opposed to StarCraft, which I love, like I love to death. Um, and I think there's a lot of people that would enjoy watching it, but it'd be hard to get someone, especially nowadays when, when they have no RTS experience to get into that type of game. Um, but also where the viewership kind of stays stagnant, right? There's it like, I can't really imagine the same way. Uh, actually, man, my mind goes all over the place. Now I'm, I'm thinking of age of empires two, which actually coincidentally recently has had the most viewership it's ever had ever when it comes to watching the game uh which is you know it had it peaked at like a sixty thousand uh person thing that when it usually it would get like a thousand two thousand people um because of remastered anything but the point was uh like i don't see kids kind of from 20 you know getting into video games 2017 2018 2019 2020 getting into a game like that right like an rts where it's like yeah, you want to get good at this? Uh, you know, before you can even really do anything, it's going to take you a long time. You know? Yeah. Uh, before before you are able to even have fun, it's going to take a long time. While 
uh, I think that that easy to easy to access, hard to master kind of mentality is what is uh, king right now, right? Where anyone can pick something up, whether it's Rocket League, whether it's it's Valorant. Those games are like anyone can pick it up, and like especially if you're playing against people around your same level, you're gonna enjoy yourself, right? Uh, and then as the difficulty progresses, then you actually have the fun of improving. Well, and um, I feel like that's the benefit of the whole first-person shooter genre. Like you, you basically, no matter what game you're coming from, it's st- it's still just point and click. And obviously, and click. it there is there is skill involved. Like I don't want to I don't want to take that away from first person shooters but somebody that plays Fortnite can decide to launch valorant the next day and be like oh i know how to do this i just point my gun and shoot if somebody that plays cod is like you know what i'm gonna play rocket league today they're gonna <laughs> open the game and they're gonna be like uh what you know and so there there's nothing that led that leads people into rocket league there's nothing that leads people into Mm. starcraft the mechanics are completely different you're starting from square one and if you know that's why the communities are smaller because it's just such a unique skill set i there aren't i personally can't name any age of empires is real-time strategy yes yes yeah like there's there's no other fast action uh, real-time strategy games that are really that popular and they're uh, all like popular from 10 to 15 years ago like those are the people that are playing it now are people that either grew up on it um or were already playing when they were kind of at its peak right yeah. there's there hasn't been a reason in the past two three four years to be like oh yeah i want to buy starcraft 2 unless you're point, just <laughs> say what uh the the multiplayer is free to play by the way um it is yeah yeah multiplayer is free to play i mean see and that doesn't it doesn't even matter like no no. it doesn't even help there was a slight bump uh when they made it free to play um i think as well surprisingly enough the most popular game modes and it's a community all in in itself is this co-op game mode where essentially you play starcraft missions with someone else um so like you and your friend play this like essentially campaign mission that is the most popular version of the game but still it's not it's not you know it's it's those are things that like maybe a month or two someone's like oh there's this new game mode or oh it's free to play let me try it out um but you know obviously if you don't have a friend group or people that are playing the game as well uh you kind of get away from it right yeah yeah i yeah and i mean it's certainly fun uh and I think that StarCraft 2 will exist for a really long time. And Blizzard is extremely distracted because WoW is a cash cow and Diablo 4 is coming out and Overwatch is a mess. So, you know, you have to figure all of those things out. And if StarCraft's just oh, sitting am, there and... Listen, is, I am I am not very hopeful for the future of, uh, of certain IPs <laughs> under the yeah. Activision Blizzard banner. Um, yeah, I can I can understand that, but that is that's a lot to dig into, hey, and I don't the, pay enough attention to that game to or that oh, company to really know everything about it. But I think uh, all things said, like Rocket League is in a very 
healthy place. Yes. Uh, and I feel <laughs> very good about the future of the game and, and where it's going and the potential for it. So, uh, you know, even if it doesn't explode to League of Legend levels. And, and here's the thing that as I Rocket League could have a renaissance uh, five years from now where yep. <laughs> the people that are 11 and 12, well, let's not say five years because 12-year-olds in five years shouldn't be having kids, but like 10-year-olds... <laughs> In 15 years, you're giving like, me the brood war argument where like right now in korea brood war is one of the most popular games played uh because like uh parents are, are showing their kids the game well and taking that to the next level rocket league is and i've said this many times like it it is the closest thing to an actual sport if the if mm-hmm. this pandemic happens again in 15 years or 20 years and people can't go into actual arenas but they want to see something like a real sport i'm and with even without it like the kids that are growing up on rocket league today will be able to share it with the it'll just be completely different and people will understand like oh just because there aren't actual humans and it's on a computer this looks like a real sport as soon as people just get over the fact that it's digital they will see like how real it is and i feel like that is what will push rocket league over the edge and and maybe that will never happen you know mm-hmm. people thought that things would be a lot different in the 90s when they were living in the 60s and we're still dealing with some of the same stupid stuff that we're dealing with so i mean who knows what it will be but there's certainly a lot of potential for rocket league to uh burst through the bu- and of course everybody thinks that going free to play will make it a big deal and that might help or it'll just make people more crabby. Who knows? We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> more, more Smurf accounts just uh, appear out of nowhere. Right. Exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, it is interesting. I, I think so. my point is like, I'm very optimistic about the game. Currently I have no qualms uh, with that. I'm enjoying it. Um, so I, I'm very happy with it. Uh, but let's, uh, let's kind of dive back into rocket now. Shall we say after that aside, that nice little aside there, that uh, side yeah listen this is this is perfect this is i'm not gonna say i was expecting this but i was expecting something i wasn't expecting so like i was expecting this you know uh the uh, what i did want that is... reaction a lot to me <laughs> i was expecting something completely different well you should get used to it <laughs> um uh the one thing that i want to ask you was actually what was something that you felt kept popping up over and over again on the podcast that like people would talk about or try to decipher, but you felt it was always difficult to implement in game. Like no matter how much you talked about it, didn't necessarily translate. You felt to the, to being able to implement it. Oh man. Uh, for me specifically. Yeah. For you specifically, or from like what people told you, uh, or like people would react to with. I think, I think for me, um, so many people, especially early on, or I shouldn't say early on, just across the whole span of the podcast is people saying it's, it's easy to get grand champ. And I know that people say that a lot, like even on Reddit or wherever, like, Oh, getting, getting grand champ is so easy. Hold on a second. I feel like these are people that like had hit 
Grand Champ early and just kept the same skill level. I I feel like there's a lot of those players. I don't know about you, Tom. Uh, <laughs> I I wouldn't. I mean, if people were staying at the same skill level when they got Grand Champ early, well, then I, they I meant would... they. I think there are players that they hit GC, and because they're still playing against other people in GC, their competition was difficult enough or that style play was similar that they could kind of just slowly improve after as opposed to having to spend hours and hours like i i talk about this uh with combo from time to time where i think because there's because like he's been gc for so long like and obviously he's not he's not playing the game to improve like he'll just play with friends and stuff right um but the the knowledge base and th- that style of play that you see in GC is so common to him uh, that I don't feel I feel like he's able to kind of keep that while when we're struggling to get up uh, to that GC rank it's it's always like a um the dog disagrees with me uh, <laughs> um it, it always feels like as as we're going up the 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 differences between ranks is just it feels so vo- volatile. And maybe that's the biggest frustration of like, you can't just kind of go into every game and expect it to be the same, which is usually the easiest way to kind of rank up in a game where like the set game doesn't feel different, if that makes sense. Um, So with Rocket League, because you have so all these moving parts, it always feels like it uh, diversifies and newer players have to, like adaptability is so key and yet, it's one thing uh, that as you're ranking up, you struggle with because everything becomes more sporadic almost. I think that I I agree with what you're saying. And I think how I look at it, and this just came to me, you know, within the last month because I have been playing a good amount of Rocket League since I stopped the podcast. I think that Grand Champs, I think every playlist just looks at the game and thinks about the game differently. Like if you want to, if you want to hold on, let me go yell at my dog. I'll like be right that. back. I, yeah, all good. I feel like this is where I uh, keep it in uh, just to have a little behind the scenes taste for all the listeners. Uh, I think that would be amusing. It's a, it's amusing to me at least. Um, the the barking Tom. This this is what every interviewer or interviewee that uh, Tom Tom's been with uh, has encountered, and now I'm giving you a sneak peek into uh, Tom and his and his barking dogs. So you know, don't tell me I don't try to get the scoop because this is quite literally the scoop that we're getting. <laughs> Ooh, trying to decipher what's going on in the background. It's gone quiet. There was a leash before. Ooh, I'm hearing I'm hearing some movement. I'm hearing some rustling. Okay. Paper. So <laughs> I I feel that uh people that are grand champ, people that are in different skill levels just look at the game differently. Mm-hmm. They think about the game differently. And it all starts with how you think about the game and in the podcast I talked about the or I talked about mindset a lot I talked about thinking about the game a lot and you know maybe had I 
contemplated the idea or if somebody would have uh, what's kind of articulated the idea that the way that you think about Rocket League uh, is is what gets you to that next level, uh, that could certainly change things a lot. And once you're thinking on that Grand Champ level, of course, the next step is being able to play at that level. And and here's the thing of it is that, you know, people that are grand champ aren't necessarily uh, conscious of the idea that they are thinking on a grand champ level. So it's not necessarily on them to dictate that or like be able to talk that way or, you know, vocalize it in such a way. But if you're not thinking like a grand champ, then there's no way that you can play like a grand champ. And then there's no way that you will be grand champ, if that makes sense. So, um, like once, and there are many pieces that go into that. Uh, one of the biggest things that I've noted when trying to really analyze what's holding me back is the fact that I just play slower than the average grand champion. So grand champ players on average play faster than me. They they're moving around the field faster. And so there's no way that I can keep up with them. So there's no way that I can play at that level. And if I try to play at that speed, then I'm just, I'm going to make more mistakes. Yeah. Is, is, um, do you think that has a lot to do with like recovery mechanics as well? That stuff that isn't maybe focused by a lot of people, but like just the ability to kind of like wave dash or recover a quick turn. I think uh, it's, or is it more anticipation? I mean, it's, it's all of it. Like rocket league <laughs> is, it is not a one thing kind of game. And I, I guess to a certain extent, it is a one thing kind of game. Uh, and at the same time, getting to a certain skill level takes, like, if you just improve your recoveries, you're not magically going to get to grand champion. And at the same time, that could be the one thing that's keeping you in, in champ <laughs> three. Like, Ro- Rocket League is such a uniquely individual game that every single person plays it differently. So you don't necessarily know what it is. That's you can't just look at me and be like, well, if you just started practicing this, well, then you'd be able to get to grand champs. <laughs> if this guy started practicing this, then he'd be able to get to grand champ. It's different for everybody, not just solely based on like what they're doing now, but what they want to do. If you tell if, if King Ranny told 20 people how to get to GC in a coaching session, maybe two of them would get to GC because those would be the two that were interested in playing the way that King Ranny told them to play. It doesn't have anything to do with him. It's just like they decided that, oh, I actually enjoy playing the way that King Ranny plays and it gets me there. The other 18 are like, well, I just want to do this. And so... What he said was a bunch of BS, but it really has nothing to do with him. It's just that it wasn't a match. So yes, it is. Uh, it is um, recoveries. It's wave dashing. It's 
Uh, one thing that I notice in between my play and like my friends and other high level players, not only do they play faster, but they also uh, use their, I always forget the name of the button, but they, they drift more. Hmm. What, it, what else do you call that? Do like, they call it the drift button? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Drifting or L1. <laughs> yeah. They, they L1 more than other people so it's it's ballchasing.com uses a very specific word for it let me find it uh power slide oh that's it i like that yeah so they so on average in a game i will power slide somewhere to between like 35 and 45 times where my friends that are gc that play faster than me power slide anywhere from 70 to 80 times in a game i'd even say that like the biggest thing that power sliding does as well is it can or it i think a lot of times when i'm playing the game there's a predictability to how people move and what power sliding does is it just creates this different angle or a slightly different uh movement that you're not used to so it's hard to anticipate um i think a lot of times like if you're just usually like like there's a lot of times where just weird movement can kind of like beat someone in a Mm one-on-one and and like including a power slide or a quick like a small wave dash or uh well wave dash is like a sign it's more significant but like even little power slides and then flicking or or little power slides just to move can actually throw people off and that's what i found at least with that mechanic yeah and i think it also even on the side of being able to use it effectively, when obviously when you power slide, you turn faster. And when I try and turn fast, you know, over the past couple of weeks, as I've noticed that I my friends power slide more than me, I've tried to put it into my game more. And I do mm-hmm. turn faster, but I also don't understand how, how to <laughs> harness the power. So it's also like going back to what I said at the very beginning of like, if you want to get better at rocket league and you're just starting understanding every single little bit of the game provides you so much more power and maneuverability and potential than when you, when you don't know it. Mm. Uh, And when you do know it, not only can you do it, you can also know what to expect from other people when they do it or when they're going to do it or what it's going to do like when they do it. So like you said, it throws people off when it happens or when somebody does it, but that's also because they don't know how to do it themselves or what it will actually do to benefit them Mm -hmm. uh, or benefit their opponents. So of course you can use it to your advantage because you're just not used to doing it or seeing it in a game. That's true. I don't I don't tend to predict how someone's power slide or sudden wave dash is gonna throw me off if it's right before the ball, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. and so that can definitely work. Uh all right, switching gears here a little bit. Um what is if you go back to all like when you started Rock League, what is the coolest mechanic that you can do now? that you would have never expected you could have done like a while ago? <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm finally starting to understand how to air dribble the ball. Ooh. Uh, that is the one thing that I, f- I mean, just flying in general 
uh, is the one thing that attracted me to this game. And I feel like I have finally started investing the time and energy into like very intimately understanding how to do that once like I get it going and how to hit the ball appropriately, how to approach the ball appropriately. All of those little things, I feel like I've finally, uh, I'm starting to truly not scratch the surface, but maybe, you know, get right down. So if this, if this were Minecraft, I'm, I'm past the dirt. I finally found some stone and I, you know, I've, I've found a good couple patches of coal. Like that is, that is where I am. That's a really good analogy. Not to pat myself on the back. <laughs> but that's really good. Um, but in terms of like air dribbles, you know, I don't, I don't have a full set of iron armor to really dig in deep with this analogy, but I'm, I'm starting to be able to spend more time underground because I have enough torches to like stay there. Uh, like that's, that's where I am. Uh, and I think just in general of like understanding the, not the mechanics of the game in terms of like, uh, flip resets or ceiling shots, but the mechanics of the game, just in terms of like, if you want the ball to do this, then you have to hit the ball here with this part of your car. If you want to do this then you need to do X followed by Y. Or when you double jump, your car is going to go this high. So if it's only this far off the ground, then don't double jump because you're just going to jump over the ball. It's That's those... the worst. The the too high challenge where you jump too high, but the ball's going under you. Oh, yes. And it's again, that is one of those things where it seems so little. And if you truly understand the times when you only need to single jump as opposed to double jump, that that could be the difference in between you being in diamond and you being a champ too. No, I'm that is no exaggeration. Understanding the intricacies of that like fine little detail are what can take you to a whole nother level in the game of Rocket League. And it's be like a hundred different things like that that like make up the difference that you're like oh yeah. wow i wish i knew this you know <laughs> and it's it's just stupid like there there are no games and i mean i don't have hundreds or thousands of hours in valorant but like in valorant there and there are like little things of how to use your abilities and whatnot but it is very much do your best to keep good angles and be good at aiming at heads hit the thing. Yeah. Yeah. In rocket league, it is understanding how fast your car is going, how fast the ball is going, the different angles that the ball can bounce depending on where it is, how the ball interacts with the car, the different angles that you can hit the ball with the car or jump from the ground into the air or the wall into the air, or how to use boost and then how to manage an air dribble once you actually get it going what kind of touch do you have to get the ball to get an air dribble going like the intricacies involved in rocket league are unlike anything else that a video game has ever seen in my opinion 
Can I just say that, like, to to add to that, like, I feel like for a while I've been like pretty good at dribbling or whatever that is, right? Um, whatever whatever that means. But uh, for the first time now, have I been able to dribble without using boost? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I can get the ball in the car and then I just don't use boost and have full control and I can do a lot of the dribble challenge without boosting that much. And I'm like, I thought I knew how to control the ball on top of my car. Um, but like, this is already another level that I like, didn't even think of, right. Of like being able to dribble slow, which is helpful at times because when you're dribbling slow, you actually have better ability to all of a sudden flick the ball. So it's like just random things that like, once you learn, they seem obvious as things that can be very helpful, especially one-on-one situations, um, or in certain things during the game. But if you're just playing game after game after game, you don't see them. Yes. Uh, and I think, I think the thing of it is, is in terms of ability, it's learning how to do things, learning the, like the very, very, very basics of rocket league things, and then learning how to make them just a little bit more difficult or the slightly more complicated version of that, or then being able to do it just a little bit faster. Cause again, you know, I just watched a musty video where he played, um, against Justin, like he played two on one with another content creator against Justin. And they just kept on saying over and over and over again, how fast he was. So it's about getting a skill to a certain point and then just being able to do it a little bit faster and then do it a little bit faster and a little bit faster. Uh, But always trying to uh, make things just a little bit more complicated for yourself so that you're always improving or finding a way to add another level to whatever is whatever you're working on so that you know, there is progress being made because as soon as you get complacent, that's when you're just going to stay where you're at. And that is the plight of everybody in every rank. That's just (laughs) like, you know, complaining about what their teammates doing instead of thinking about all the mistakes they're making. Like I, (laughs) I love getting okays in the chat. And then two seconds later, the guy that drops an okay on me makes some stupid mistake. Like that, that just blows my mind. Like, bro, you're in champ one because of you. It's nobody else, but you insert rank here. It's, it's all the same. Um, so I don't even know how we got on this exactly, but just like we're talking about uh, the skill that you uh, coolest mechanic that you. Oh have, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so just and and that's the thing. Uh, you know, I I've been thinking if I were gonna make a video about Rocket League right now, I would make a video about the first touch that you make. And Flakes talks about this a lot on his stream. And he, he rants and raves, or he hasn't been streaming much recently, but like on his stream, one thing that he would rant about is getting a touch that you can follow. And mm. the first touch is the most important thing in Rocket League because it allows you everything else after that. 
And if so many people can't air dribble and they think it has something to do with once they get off the wall in the air, but really like they don't know how to hit the ball off the wall in the first place. So if you shouldn't, you you shouldn't, in theory, you shouldn't even have to make that many adjustments. Like after you've jumped off the wall, like that, the setup is more important than the actual dribble. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. (laughs) That is exactly right. And, and maybe it's just me. I, I do have a problem of like overgeneralizing when I have an issue, everybody has an issue. It's kind (laughs) of like Donald Trump. He always talks about everybody. Like, Nobody knows who everybody is, and I kind of do that. So I don't know if other people have this problem, but I know that the worst thing about my air dribbles was the fact that I uh, was I was not able to get a good first touch off the wall. And after I took some time to really understand how I needed to line my car up, depending on if the ball was on the wall or, you know, those annoying ones where it kind of bounces off a little bit, like being able to gauge where it is on the wall and then how I need to jump to be most effective to hit the ball so that I can follow it. Once I started understanding that and practicing it and paying attention to it, then everything else started to fall into place. And then I would screw up my air dribbles once I actually got it going. And so then I would be, I would look at like, okay, how am I screwing this up? Okay. Now I need to, Maybe I need to try to hit the ball this way or I need to try it this way and then that way. And then you figure it out and then you just keep on going from there until you figure out what works. Mm. Um, yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I, I'm going to keep the show moving here a little bit because um, uh, uh, I know, Tom, we could talk about, about Rockley for three hours, uh, no doubt. Uh <laughs> Um, but I'm going to kind of, kind of ask you this, this kind of one last, uh, final question if, if you're ready for it. Okay. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready? I, um, hold on a second. Oh, okay. I'm ready. <laughs> um, uh, I, if you were, cause, cause I know, I know last month, uh, was your final kind of infinite boost, uh, rocket league show. Um, if there is one thing, one last audio thing that you kind of like to tell the Rocket League community, um, especially those who've been following you kind of the beginning of your whole uh, journey, um, what would what would that thing be? One more thing that I would want to say to one, people? One big message, one last thing you'd like to tell people. Oh, if, God. Jeez. <laughs> don't worry don't worry you you if if you need to think about it just just let me yeah um Uh, if there were one if there was one last thing that i um you're gonna have to give me a second to think about this no worries. I mean, uh, usually you're the one putting people on the hot seat, so uh, I'm kind of enjoying this, not going to lie here. Yeah, th- uh, it's kind <laughs> of a heavy question. It's, it's um, definitely a question with, with... There's a lot There's a lot you could possibly answer, and it's, it's just general enough that it's uh, infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> I think... Um, I think... It would it would be 
just always always be always be looking in in the mirror uh mm. there's there's always something that you can do and i i mean i will even make it more responsible like there's always something that i can do to be better and the minute that you say out loud or tell yourself i don't know what to do is when you're going to like i don't know is is the worst thing that you could possibly say and i i knew that i was running into problems with rocket league and improvement when i started saying to myself i don't know what to do to get better uh because then you you've literally just kind of thrown away all responsibility of I threw away responsibility of figuring out what it was going to take to get me to the next level in my game. When I say I don't know, then, you know, well, I guess there's just nothing that I can do to improve, even though there are thousands of replays out there where I'm making mistake after mistake after mistake. And there's stats out there showing like, okay, you can improve here. You can improve here. You can improve here. Like just always be asking yourself. I'm always asking myself, okay, what is the next thing? And at the same time, give yourself time to actually work on those because it's not going to change in a day. You can spend an hour working on something and that isn't going to make it perfect. Uh, so it, you just got always be looking in the mirror and always be working on whatever you want to work on to improve. And also give yourself some grace because Squishy has 10,000 hours. Lethemere has 9,000. Most of the pros have six, seven, eight thousand hours in this game. So you're not going to improve in two just doesn't work that way i if our if i was put on the spot and asked that question i don't think i could have given such a good answer um tom i just like to thank you on behalf of myself and uh your whole community and everyone who's ever listened to you i think you did a great service for all of us uh with your podcast with your musings uh with your I think your fascination about the details. Um, and so I just like to kind of finish up this show by saying uh, thank you. Well, I appreciate that. It was, it was a lot of fun and I appreciate the opportunity to rant and rave one more time. All right. With that, we'll see you when we see you sometime, sometime. Tom, this is Rolf from Ranked Hoops from episode 32, making our way from the pitch to the hardwood. I wanted to thank you for featuring me and letting me ramble on about the game mode I love and the community surrounding it. I should have warned you in advance that I can discuss Dunkhouse battle tactics until Rocket League 2's release. I like your podcast because it discovers and highlights those happy little sections of this gigantic game that stand as beacons of positivity. Keep it up. 
Hey, Tom, we just wanted to say thanks for all of the content and insight that you and your guests were able to provide to the Rocket League community. Um, it, it's definitely made us think of Rocket League in a broader sense, but it nevertheless has increased our love for this awesome game and what it has to offer for all of us. So thank you. Hi, Tom. Thanks for everything you've done for my Rocket League experience. Uh, I was sad to see the end of your show, but I guess at some point all things must come to an end. I always look forward to watching, uh, or I guess listening to your show on Wednesdays during my work day, and it always brought a smile to my face. Um, then being able to discuss about it on your Discord and move on to w eventually be a cast member or a guest was fantastic. Uh, I really hope things are going well for you right now, and wanted to say thank you. Cheers. Hey Tom, this is Code Red. Um, just wanted to say thank you for the podcast and um, all the episodes you've rolled out. It's really helped me with uh, not only just Rocket League and being more intentional about how I train, but it's also helped me in just some other sports things. Um, you're really talented at this, and it's, it's going to be kind of sad to see you go, but I wish you luck on whatever's next for you, dude. Um, it's been a lot of fun just listening along. And yeah, thank you. I wanted to thank Tom for the real space he created within the community. Um, it's hard to find a place where people talk about Rocket League in a way that fundamentally shows how much love and commitment uh, serious players give to the game. Um, and how they approach it from their own mindset. Hey Tom, I just want to say thanks for all the hard work you put into bringing us the Infinite Boost podcast. You great guests, you had a really good rapport with everybody, you drew really interesting answers from everyone, but most of all, your sense of humor is absolutely perfect. You are, what we say in Ireland, a gas man. Uh, really enjoyed it. It's a shame that it had to come to an end, but um, I'm just so happy that it existed. It was really fun tuning in every week, and uh, I wish you all the best uh, for the future. Uh, from Googly Woogly Woo. Hey Tom, this is your boy Hunty, and I just wanted to thank you for everything that you've done for Rocket League and for the community. I really enjoyed listening to all your podcast episodes and interviews, and it really gave me a better understanding of the game, and so I thank you for that. Hey, Tom. Long-time listener, first-time caller here. This is Pon. Been active in your Discord and listening for a while now. Was sorry to hear that you uh, left the uh, Rocket League podcasting scene, but wanted you to know that your impact has been uh, felt and continues to be felt, at least from this end out here in Colorado. Love listening to your program and listening to your interviews and getting feedback on how to uh, maybe... Uh, get refunds for controllers at Best Buy um, and other little uh, tips and tricks from some of the experts you interviewed. Anyway, uh, Tom, thanks so much for uh, all you've done for the community. Take care. Hello, Tom. Flash A. Lazier here, and I, I'd just like to thank you for what you've done for this community. You've always been a beacon of hard work, dedication, and a commitment to improvement, and I'm very glad to you know, have been on your show and have you challenge me and ask me very difficult questions. Uh, I hope that whatever endeavors you pursue in life, uh, whatever new challenges that you kind of decide to take on, I uh, hope that your great personality and your work ethic uh, will lead people to kind of seeing you the same way that the Rock League community sees you. And that is as, you know, simply uh, the best. Uh, so with that, 
just like to say thank you.